Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... We're an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. Chilly Tuesday morning for it being middle of June, June 13th, 2023. Hope you're having a great start to your day. We appreciate you being tuned in to another riveting edition of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 on the FM dial if you haven't checked it out. And then 1450 on the AM. TJ Walker here with Nick Roush and Justin Kalen. Good morning. The Denver Nuggets are your 2023 NBA champions. Jamal Murray, former Wildcat, gets his ring. Uh, a good game that I think kind of had a little bit of a stinker finish with the way that the majority of the game and even the fourth quarter was going. Jimmy Butler just seemed done. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I don't want to play anymore. I've been playing basketball since October. Give me a freaking break. He was horrible there in those final couple possessions. But uh, there you have it. The Nuggets, I think, were the best team all season. I think the NBA does a better job about than pretty much any other league in terms of crowning a champion and, and the most deserving team won. So congrats to them. Their first in NBA history. Jamal Murray gets his ring. Nick Roush, how are you doing this morning? I'm uh, doing well. It was um... – it felt like there were, what, three, four possessions in the end of that Denver Nuggets-Miami uh, Heat game where you were just waiting for the Heat to make a shot. But it just nothing nothing materialized. Ended up being a good game. Uh, enjoyed it quite a bit. Had an eventful Monday. Um, kind of juggling quite a few things. It's St. Paul picnic week. So um, I haven't... I haven't fully transitioned into guy that's always hanging around doing stuff up there, but I know that's on the horizon for me. Um, so this is kind of like the in-between years um, of me, you know, being up there and working all this stuff and thing, things. Setup is usually my one, all right, I, I'll do my three or four hours of work, and I count that as my, like, all right, check, check my box this year. So last night, help, help set up, um, you know, but I, I'm, I'm the young guy in the group, right? Like it's mostly kind of forty-year-old dads. Their kids are a little bit older. They've been doing this a while. So I was, I was dipping my toe into, uh, I don't want to say the the drama, but just kind of you know how things work, how things operate on, on the other side of things. But um, the one 
lesson that I, I definitely took away from last night's uh, setup is, hey, they wear gloves for a reason. It's because when you're lifting up wood, you can get splinters in your fingers. And I got a gnarly one that it's just going to be there. There's no... There's no getting it out. It's just, it's just, it's going to be there for the next week or so. It's going to be annoying, and I'm going to have to deal with it. But you know what? Um, if if we had an injury report for bloggers, I would be probable. But we're we're playing through the pain. No, no shame in my game. We got this. I'm the type. I'm not saying this to sound like tough or anything. I'm the type of guy though. If I get like a splinter or there's something up with my fingernail, I'll like dig out the skin to get it out. Like, it bothers me so much having something in my body that's not supposed to be there or that I didn't voluntarily put there. And I will just, like, rip skin out to get it out. Have you tried that? Um, This morning, I got the tweezers just Mm -hmm. to see if I could get a look at it. And when I realized, I was just going to have to cut away. And it's my index finger, too. So, like, I was just like, am I really going to just scrape away my skin to get this little thing? I was like, you know what? Uh, I'll just let it be. I'll blame it on the St. Paul veterans not telling you you need to wear gloves. And the thing was, too, is like for the most part, the the jobs that are required, like I was pretty careful about it, um, except I'm the tall guy, right? So I do all the tall man's work and where some of these uh, little platforms were stored that kind of serve as shelves, I had to... I, I was the tall guy reaching up how to get them, and those things are 40 years old and naturally not not working very well. So, yeah. Well, you live and you learn. Yep. And uh, just remember, no need to go to St. Paul's this weekend. St. Raphael is having its giant picnic right there on Bargetown Road in the Upper Highlands. Your one-stop shop for fun Catholic <laughs> gambling this weekend. Yeah, Um They call it a giant picnic because they need to overcompensate to try to keep up with St. Paul. The St. Rayful Giants, we've got a giant picnic. You got St. Albert the Great as well, a great picnic as well. So you got a giant and a great picnic, and then you just got Nick (laughs) Roush and St. Paul's. (laughs) Have they they moved on to uh, Thursday yet? Has that that happened at either Rayfield or uh, either of the other ones? I know that's a new – a new twist they've had at St. Paul in recent years. When I was a young lad, Thursday was always the game night. Like, bring your kids up here, let them get all the games out of their system so you don't feel as guilty drinking and gambling Friday and Saturday, not knowing where your kids are. Uh, They do still do that. They took it away for a little bit, but it's been back for a while. So uh, it's a a ride-specific night on Mm – the Thursdays, I th- you know, you know, actually, I'm not 100 percent sure if they are doing it this year or not. Um, but they used to, and I think even as of late, they had brought it back for a little bit. But I, I haven't heard. I haven't, you know, I haven't. Usually, you drive by the week of and you see everything getting going. But I haven't even been in the Highlands for for about a week, oh, two wow. weeks since the Houston vacation. So I haven't even seen the setup there. So I'm not 100 percent sure about that. Uh, St. Paul's they do a ride night, don't they? Yeah, and it. It isn't dramatically different than what it was when I was a kid, other than they've added a band to make it more of a, you know, they just do it up a little bit bigger. It's going to be, a, you know, they're, they're, they're making a little bit more sandwiches, stuff like that. So uh, a little bit more on Thursday night. The thing I'm most excited about that um, I'm actually not going to be there this weekend, but I'm just glad that it's back. Um, the chicken dinner. A lot of chicken dinners have gone away 
Um, and the Knights of Columbus stepped up, and St. Paul's having a chicken dinner this year. So I think it was two or three years they went without it. My cousin, she did it for 40-plus years and was just like, I can't. This is too much work. <laughs> so uh, a lot of a lot of places, chicken dinners have – because it is a lot of work. It's hard to mm-hmm. fry up, you know, just tons and tons of ch- – the, the amount of labor it takes to do that is a lot of work. And so many places have just been like, well, we're going to – We'll make our money elsewhere, but St. Paul's bringing it back with the Knights of Columbus this year. Well, I hope all the, the church picnics do well. Hope the weather's good for them like it was this past weekend for the ones that had it this past weekend. Scoots, how are you? You probably don't want to talk church picnic. You probably want to talk a little NBA. Uh, I Yeah, I was not anticipating coming into some church picnic wars today. That was that was a shock. So that's <laughs> that's been different to start the show. But no, I'm good. I'm uh, a little tired. I'm glad NBA's over so I don't have to stay up till 1030 anymore watching those games. But I did make it up last night despite falling falling asleep in the third quarter. I woke up for almost the entirety of the fourth quarter. So, got to see that exciting finish. It was it was a nice, awesome game. Glad that the Nuggets were able to get it done in 5 and I got to say guys, that was one of the more easy games to live bet here in this playoff. So, I had a good good night financially as well with the Nuggets. So, pretty pretty doing pretty well on this Tuesday. It was easy. How, how oh, was so easy. Nuggets didn't the Nuggets didn't cover though. Uh, well, so that's the great thing about live betting. I was able to get the Nuggets minus 105 on the live line when they were down like nine points, and then I got um, minus a point and a half. So I just needed them to win by two, and they did that with ease. So it was it was a good night for old Scoots. Yeah, I was talking to my wife, who certainly doesn't care and probably wasn't even paying attention, but I was like, a little conspiracy theorist in me, Vegas – probably stands to lose a lot of money if the Nuggets win this game. I imagine a lot of people were just on the Nuggets money line just to begin with. I do imagine a bunch of people were on the Nuggets spread, and that did not hit. But I imagine a lot of people are on the Nuggets money line, and then the like vast majority of series bets were on Nuggets in five. So if so, if, you're, if you've believed in conspiracy theories a little bit, Vegas would stand to gain a lot of money if this one went to six. I think the NBA would have gained plenty of money if this one went back to Miami for another game. Uh, and then for a good chunk of that game, it looked like that was what was going to happen. The Heat looked good. They were taking it to the Nuggets. Bam Adebayo was playing really, really, really well. But with two minutes and 47 seconds left, the Heat hit their last field goal. That is wild in an NBA Finals game. Two minutes and 47 seconds left. Jimmy Butler hit a 10-footer to put the Heat up one, and that'd be their last made field goal. He'd had two more free throws um, with, what, a minute 58 left, and then they were done scoring. They didn't score for the final two minutes of the game, just any points, and nearly went three minutes without hitting a field goal. And then not to... Not to gloss over Jimmy Butler just literally throwing the game away when he had nowhere to go through a lazy pass on an easy cut from a Nuggets defender to steal it. Well, who was it? Was it KCP, I think, that ended up stealing that? And then, all right, even then, you're still not out of it somehow. And he takes a panic three when you didn't even need a three at that moment. And you definitely didn't need to take a fading away contested three. He's been so good these playoffs, it's understandable that he would maybe want the ball in his hands. But I think he waved a little bit of the white flag with settling for some of those plays he did down the stretch. And 
and the Nuggets end up winning 94 to 89. They weren't even fouling either. They they were done. They were exhausted. I thought you saw that in, in game three when they just looked very, very tired. They even had momentum in the series, and it didn't carry the day for them. So uh, the Heat will they'll be back. They need to get a point guard. What, did you all see when Kyle Lowry got just stuffed into Bolivia? I did not see that. I, he like, it, I can it, imagine it. It's like what like Duke probably would try to do if he was trying to score against you, Roush, where it's like, don't you have any concept that if you just release this ball over top of me, it's just going to hit my arms? I think it was Jokic who was just standing right over top of him and just like literally just like was like, okay, little fella. Like that's cute. Uh, the Heat just some poor decision making, not enough bam there late in the game. But see, so, and that, so that's, it is. There's the NBA season for you. I, I feel like bam. Even though this was hyped to be the Jimmy Butler show, Bam was the one that showed up for it. Jimmy did not. He there was I, I, was there one game that Jimmy Butler was good in the NBA Finals? I I, I can't think of one. Not uh, like he was good in some of the other series. You know, there was there was series against the Celtics and throughout the entire playoffs where it was just like, man, he he's going to score every time he touches the ball. Not the case this one. Yeah, it just I I don't know what happened to him, but he was he was not good enough. Not good enough to keep up with this Nuggets team that was the best team throughout the entire NBA playoffs. And uh you know, that 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 tends to work itself out, right? I feel like more so often in the NBA than any any of the other major sports. Best teams typically win and the Nuggets were the best throughout. Would have liked to have seen it go to 6. Uh, just to make things a little bit more interesting, add some more intrigue. But Jimmy Butler's inability to show up. I mean, the only game they won was just because Duncan Robinson hit a bunch of threes in the fourth quarter uh, back in Denver in game two, right? Like, they had some role players step up. But Miami's biggest superstar let him down. And that, that isn't that's not to minimize what Bam did, though. I think Bam proved that he is one of the best bigs in the league that's surprisingly getting um I don't want to say surprise but like it was a Jokic versus uh Embiid for MVP this year the 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 bigs are not dead we've been told that the bigs are not you know, it, it's a guards league and while that may be true i think bam is kind of showing like okay if if you can be a multi multi-tooled big man at the professional level, then you can still be a badass. Um, it's just the guys that are sticking around in college, they're they're different. They're like back to the basket, shooting hook shots, whereas now the best players in the NBA, they're these seven-foot guys who can do so much more than just be a big dude eating up space in the paint. Does Bam shoot threes? I don't recall seeing him shoot any. Not not often. Okay. Not part of his – not not a, a big part of his game. Um I don't think he shot any last night. I can't remember in the series actually seeing him shoot any. Uh, nope, 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 nope. Uh, he was an 8% three-point shooter on the season. Whoa. <laughs> hey, but mid-range, he's right there. And, hell, I, I blame part of the reason why they struggled in uh, game four back in Miami. Bam, Bam did stink in that game. Um, but for the most part, he was like a 25-15 and 15 guy um, and doing an all-right job defending Jokic throughout the series. Only shot 12 threes on the entire season. Scoots, he hit one more than us three combined. So, better than us. Yeah, better than us. The celebration afterwards was a lot of fun. That's always good to see. Jokic just acted like 
bored of the whole thing for the most part. Um, there's a funny video of him like popping a champagne bottle and just barely like anything coming out later on. He was just drinking a Michelob Ultra, just look like he, there's a million other places he'd rather go. He was asked about the parade and he was just like, I need to get home to Serbia. Like I gotta, <laughs> I, like, just like a dude who's tired and just kind yeah. of like ready for I, a break. And, and again, going into the series, everybody thought the Nuggets were going to win. They Probably should have swept, but it ended up going to five. And, uh, yeah, he's tired. Jamal Murray's having more fun, though, with the celebration. And it was really fun to see. He was Jokic the- reminds me of somebody who he has a really nice chair. And that's his one like that's his one place in life where we, he can, like, relax and be comfortable. But the problem is, is it's in Serbia. He doesn't – the chair he has in Denver, it just – whatever it is, it doesn't sit right. Like, there's something a little off in it. And it's close, but it's not the real thing like it is back in Serbia. So, he's got to get the hell back to Serbia so he can he can actually relax and put his feet up a little bit. Yeah, I can already tell exactly what that dude's going to look like when he's, like, 45 or 50 and out of basketball. He's going to have a nice beer belly, but he's going to be happy. He's going to look good. Um, good for, like, a big beer belly guy. You know what I mean. Jamal yeah. Murray was having more fun, though. He was the lead interview with Scott Van Pelt after the game, and Scott Van Pelt wanted to know how, how drunk he was. Just a basic just play four- question. Here's the clip. 48 minutes, you're exhausted, then you start swigging champagne on a scale of 0 to 10. 0 being totally sober and 10 being I'm wrecked. Where are you right now, Jamal? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is my show. I don't ask you again if I want to. I just want a number. Like, give me a number between zero and ten. Oh, and I'm, I'm the, I'm the person answering the interview, and I'm the same next question. <laughs> that, was, uh, that that was funny. He did seem pretty drunk in that clip. Very. I don't know exactly how long after the game that was to win that, but like probably pretty quick alcohol consumption there from Jamal Murray. Good on him. I, I would also think, too, that um, I've, it, it's got to hit a little The booze has got to hit a little bit quicker, too, when you're dehydrated and you've been running up and down the court, right? That's a good point. That's, and I can't imagine Jamal Murray's probably a, a big drinker. Although, supposedly, he'll be known to send out some, some tweets and text messages when he's been drinking. Scoots? People forget about that. People do forget about that. Yeah. Well, congrats to him. And uh, there's, I wanted, uh, Bam's got to get himself a ring. I hope that happens sooner rather than later. He'll get other chances. I do hate that Tyler Hero didn't get a chance to play. That probably just had to kill him. Like to be in the NBA Finals, be an important contributor on this team, and then just not get to play the, the, the bulk of those playoffs. And then how can we not be big Pat Riley guys? And if I'm UK and, and they do this sporadically, but just I'd really try to identify with him. Like, you, you, Kentucky does a great job with all the Cal guys in the NBA, and Cal's already sent out a tweet this morning congratulating Jamal Murray and Bam and Tyler and those guys. But if I'm UK, even like above Calipari, if I'm like Mitch Barnhart, I do everything I can just to have Pat Riley know that he's welcomed at UK, that he is part of the UK community, that he is a former Wildcat because – that dude's got his fingerprints literally all over the history of basketball and especially the history of NBA basketball. Uh, he didn't get another title last night, but what was the stat? He's like he's been a part of twenty five percent of all NBA finals. Yeah, 
pretty crazy. Just an <laughs> unreal stat, and that that percentage may be off a little higher, a little lower, but uh, they'll they'll be back. They need to get themselves a point guard. What what is Damian Lillard doing? Get him down to Miami. Wait, That'd how is fun. how is Pat Riley connected to Kentucky? He played he went there. there. Pat Riley <laughs> played was, at Kentucky. He was the star. He was to be the only player you knew from the team that lost to Texas Western. Ruffs Ruts. Yeah, 1966. Gore huh. Road team. That that's fascinating. You truly learn something every day. <laughs> I had no idea Pat Riley played at Kentucky. That's awesome. Yeah. Scoots, he actually played himself in Glory Road. Isn't that cool? It is cool. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen Glory Road, so probably yanking my chair. Good. It's 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 wrong. It's <laughs> factually incorrect. But yeah. Factually uh, incorrect, and he also did not play himself, although I did have a college roommate that that thought that he did. Uh, which is like when that I mean, came out, he was probably in his late fifties, maybe. I, I will say though, Pat Riley is just once he he started going kind of gray. I mean, he hasn't. He, he I'm not saying he's the ageless wonder, but he's kind of in that Pacino De Niro where like they've just he, he's looked good for the longest time. He's looked old, but not that old. I couldn't. I guess if I just did the math, I would figure it out. But that'd be the only way I could because he he's, he looks great. I agree. I just Googled it, so I know the answer. But 78. So, yeah, 78. See, yeah. I, wow. Good for you, Pat Riley. Looking great. You shouldn't have had to Google it because that was in our trivia question about two weeks ago. Should have known. If he gets any older, he may have to run for president. <laughs> Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Thornton's is a great way to get your day started. If you just won the NBA championship last night or if you turned the ball over on a terrible pass and then threw up a terrible shot with about 20 seconds left, Thornton's will welcome you all the same this a.m. And it's a really fun experience going in the morning. You you really get your your blue-collar itch going they got music blasting. It's well lit. It really it gets a little pep in your step, and that's not including their delicious breakfast sandwiches, their freshly made ginormous donuts each and every morning, and fresh fruit if you're going for a healthier option. Remember, you're going to save money each and every time you fill up at the pump. When you are a refreshing rewards member, you punch in your number. It's that easy. They take three cents off, five cents off, maybe even 10 cents off, depending how long you've been a member. But you can't get up to that 10 cents unless you start today. So sign up, get on out to a Thornton's, and Roush, following the – oh, go ahead. I I was just going to say for our Thornton's people, it's not just new new timers. Um, I just got – you download the refreshing rewards app, 15 cents off this week. Just got to use it before Thursday. It's beautiful. Nice, Give you three yeah. or four days. It's great. Download that refreshing rewards app. That's significant. And we maybe have some significant UK basketball news. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. And following the Antonio T. Reeves, eh, there's some news. There's some news. So we'll come back. TJ, just that was we'll, so that that was, was so bad. It was great. So we'll bad. get back to it. <laughs> Follow the T. Reeves. Take it to a break. Hurry. Go. Go. Take it. <laughs> Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. I can't believe we drove around all day and there's not a single job in this town. There is nothing, nada, zip. Yeah, unless you want to work 40 hours a week. 
Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450A. You can get the text into the Thornton South Lawn, 502-414-1450. Nick Roush in Lexington this morning. What's going on in, in the prettiest city in Kentucky? Oh, man, it was a beautiful drive this morning, too. Took some of the, uh, the old, uh, big old Frankfurt Pike guy when I'm driving into town. Old Frankfurt Pike, Lee's Town Road. But, um, yeah, got um, cooking up uh, an interview with a coach this morning that I think will be pretty fun. And then uh, going to my last football camp of this season. So uh, uh, they, they have one more tomorrow. But actually, look at now, we're going to be in Lennytown tomorrow doing our show at uh, Monticello Bank there. So uh, that's, that's going to keep me from the last camp. But camp season wrapping up, um, and we've got uh, – Another big recruiting weekend right here around the corner. I think they've got some midweek official visitors too. So uh, scheduling a time to interview a coach and trying to make that happen when we're not, you know, the coaches are kind of not supposed to be talking this time of year. But you know, we're we're we did some finagling. We jumped through some hoops. We're gonna make it happen. Yeah, this must be a super secret interview, Scoots, because he he didn't tell us in the text thread, and he wouldn't tell us on air either. Must be the big dog. Woo-woo. Wow, no, no, big no, dog, not the big dog, but I think it'll be fun. You want it? You want it, it? Is it Liam Cohen? It's not. It's not. It's the other coordinator, Brad White. We're gonna hang out with uh, Brad today. Well, so. geez, ruin the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Rutherford said on his show yesterday that uh, Big Dog isn't barking as much these days. We all think huh. about that. Oh, is, is that what he said? That's what he said. He, oh, okay. Uh, Kentucky's not a favorite for Brian Robinson, so I think that's that's a pretty big dog. And I think he'd, he'd be higher than anybody in Louisville's class right now. So, yeah, take that, Rutherford. Oh, did you get another – did you get a guy ranked 12,000 or whatever in the recruiting <laughs> rankings yesterday? I think he was ranked 1294. Like, yeah, they're getting mid-three stars. It's cool. You can be happy with it. Go ahead. They've gotten some nice commits, but the big dog, he doesn't stop barking. And you let you let Rutherford know that. the big Yeah, dog Cutter, Cutter Bowley. That's a real, real chump. Right. I I did hear Trevor just the ultimate loser. There's really no other word for it. We love him, but the ultimate loser. He 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 was so tickled UK baseball loss as U of L sat on the sidelines and got to watch the entire postseason play out. Um suck it, Trevor. Did he even hey, watch they didn't lose Dan McDonald who couldn't win the big one? I mean I wonder if Louisville fans actually wanted him to take one of those jobs so they could get a coach that might be able to win the big one. Yeah, that'd be pretty embarrassing to be ranked number two at some point this season and then not even make the postseason. Oh, man, I can't even imagine. Where, where's Lachlan McLean on the Dan McDonald underachieving takes? They they were preseason top ten. They didn't make the tournament. Oh, wow. That's – Lock, That's a, where's, your, where's your fastball? And they haven't they missed the tournament like two out of the last three years or three oh, out of the last three gosh. years or something like that with all these preseason expectations? Come on, Locke, you got to be consistent here. Some people may just start thinking you're a UK hater if you're not a little bit more consistent. <laughs> oh, they're going to start thinking that? Mm-hmm. I'd worry about that if I, if, if I were Locke. Scooch, what were you going to say? Um, I forgot. Something about Trevor? Something about baseball? Oh, did he even watch the baseball games? No, of course not. He doesn't watch sports. People need to realize that. He doesn't don't watch sports. And wrestling's not a sport. No offense to wrestling fans out there. Um, Entertainment. Yeah. But 
he'll do football, but he'll yeah, do Eagles, I don't, he'll do Eagles football. And he'll do red zone. I don't know if he does. In the Thursday night and the Monday night. And I think it's mostly just because that's it's, you know, it's a night. He's got nothing else to do. And man, I'm just now seeing the video of Jokic um not spraying the champagne. And it's <laughs> one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life. It just like <laughs> a drip comes out. Like not <laughs> And it's not even like he doesn't care either. It's not like it was like yeah. a poorly pop bottle or he just he, he went back after it and made it worth its while or dumped it on somebody. Now he's just like it popped a little bit. And he was like, all right, I'm, I'm good. Here you go. I mean, somebody, I've never way. seen somebody go through the motions spraying champagne like you spray champagne because you're happy and excited. And he's just like, well, I guess I've got to do this. Here's a little champagne. All right, here, take the bottle back. I don't want this. <laughs> It was a funny, it was funny celebrations. Are, are we going to be popping any bottles if Antonio Reeves comes back to UK, Roush? I'll, I'll drink some uh, Andre, Andre 3K. Let's go. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. I, I don't, I don't know how to feel about all this because my natural impulse is to be like, oh wait, so the ship hasn't sailed. But at the same time, I. There's there's part of me that's like no don't Nick don't go there don't take yourself down that road again just to get hurt some more I don't I I I don't know how this is I mean this is the ultimate Michael Scott snip snap snip snap like what what's going on here Yeah I don't I really don't know if I can do like another get excited about Antonio Reeves just to have the carpet pulled out from underneath us The good news is is that the experts. The recruiting analyst, Jack Pilgrim, especially, he is saying like this: that it it could happen quickly. Like th- this isn't something that probably is going to drag out. So, and he even hinted that potentially today could be a day that you hear some news. He didn't he didn't say it was a guarantee or didn't say it was a lock, but he did say it was a possibility that today could be a day you could hear news. I, Roush, I just I won't be able to do like it being this time next week, June twentieth, and it's like all right. What's the latest? Where? What are we hearing on Antonio Reeves? Stuff needs to be moving in motion at this point. Um, I had written him off. The show, I think, had written him off. Just there was way too much weirdness involved in in that whole situation. Taking classes, not taking classes at Illinois State. Uh, obviously, if he wanted to come back to UK, he could have said so. There was nothing really positive coming out of UK side of things with Antonio Reeves. So collectively, it was a show. We just were, okay, well, he's gone. He, he's not going to be coming back. Uh, everybody that he played with, in large part, is gone, and he's just wanting to go do something different, whether it's nil-related, whether it's role-related. We had said that he's gone, and I had truly felt that. This was a total surprise yesterday to hear that, like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe not. And we did, while we were writing him off as a UK Wildcat, we did bring up that like the only way that maybe it doesn't happen that way is if he can't graduate. And then it's either you've already used your one-time freebie transfer and there's no coaching change or anything that's going to give you an automatic waiver. Either you're a graduate and you get to transfer for free or you're not a graduate and you're stuck where you are. And then once we learned that maybe he was going back to Illinois State to try to get his classes in line, I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. That's what he's doing. He's trying to graduate so he can transfer freely. But what if he couldn't? 
What if he couldn't graduate, be considered a quote-unquote college graduate, then wouldn't he be stuck at UK? And maybe that's what's happened here, Roush. Now, of course, we get the rumblings last night that Cal is changing his philosophy on nil, and he's going to be more open to doing a collective. Maybe it was, hey, Antonio, you know, maybe UK reached out to Antonio and was like, hey, how are your classes going? Is that still what you're looking to do? And maybe Antonio Reeves' people said, eh, it's going to be a little tougher than we thought. It's going to be a little tougher than we thought. We are open to coming back. We just need to have our fair market value met. And this is a totally hypothetical, made-up conversation I'm having with myself right now. And maybe right. Kentucky came back and said, well, we've got some news on that front. Uh, we feel confident about XYZ. Does that interest you? And maybe Antonio Reeves Camp said, yeah, it does. And especially with the headaches of trying to graduate and all this, maybe this is just going to be our easiest, the, the path of least resistance here. That's one, that's one theory. It's one theory. I have no idea if any of that's accurate or any of it's true. What I do know is accurate and true is people around UK think Antonio Reeves is going to be back as a Wildcat. They think that. I would like more info coming from Antonio Reeves' camp, Roush. I'd like some of that positive news to be coming from Antonio Reeves' camp. But if that came from Antonio Reeves' camp, then we'd just get the announcement. Like, it'd just be over. It'd just be, hey, I'm coming back to UK, bada-boom, bada-bing. If this stuff was leaking from Reeves' camp, it would be signed, sealed, delivered. So it makes sense that it's coming, positivity's coming from UK first, which they haven't been overly positive this offseason. They haven't been leaking a lot of stuff this offseason. So the fact that this is leaking, and Travis Graft, and David Sisk, and of course Jack Pilgrim, uh, and Daniel Hager, he also uh, was one to kind of allude to this news as well. The fact that these people, I assume are talking to people around UK and UK is telling them all this good news. It's got to be, it's not nothing, Roush. It's got to be something positive. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I like the way that you kind of walk through a hypothetical scenario of how we could get here. Uh, I think there's also another scenario. What if this what if really nothing's happening? Like when when people were saying, well, the ships seem to have sailed, like it could be just because nobody heard anything. Uh, not to say that like Reeves wasn't uh, considering other options or whatever it might be, but like we haven't, um, I, I remember there being uh, reports that like, all right, Cal is going all in on Oscar Sheboy. Like did, did, did we have like, I feel like somebody said that Cal was having a, a meeting with Reeves, but like nothing, but it's, it's just, there, there hasn't been much out there is my overall point. And so I think most people just assume that that meant that Reeves was gone, but that might not necessarily be the case. It's wild. And I, I, I'm so scared to like get my hopes up again, just for it to not happen. But for, if they're, if there is a higher power out there and you love your buddy TJ, let us have this moment of making fun of Jeff Goodman. Let Reeves come back to UK so collectively as a fan base, just for like one day, we can collectively come together. Everybody's, everybody's got their own feelings with how this offseason's gone. Everybody's got their own opinions with Calipari. But let Antonio Reeves come back to Kentucky so collectively, just for a couple hours, Roush, we can all laugh at Jeff Goodman on social media. Oh man, that would he's be... trying to will Antonio Reeves leaving UK to existence. 
He keeps mentioning him in his transfer portal rankings, although he's not in the transfer portal. Um, and, you know, we, we had, as a show, said that he was gone. People could make fun of us for being wrong, but we never pretended to have inside information. We were just following along what seemed to make the most sense in this scenario. And if we end up being wrong about it, so be it. But as a fan base, we could we'd get the good Antonio Reeves news, and then we could all turn our attention to just cyberbullying Jeff Goodman. For what it's worth, I said Reeves would be back. So not not oh. as a, not as a whole show collectively. Oh, good. Well, then we're just going to not say who said what and say that it was split <laughs> on the show. There and you then go. As, there time goes on, as time goes on, Roush, we'll kind of paint Justin as the doubter, and we'll <laughs> uh, we'll do a little revisionist history, a little psyops. Fine by me. Love it. Fine yeah. by me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't remember you saying that, but good. Happy you did. Happy you did. So we'll see what goes on there regarding UK and. Cal coming around on a collective doing the shrug I, emoji in real time. Like, I, I, I don't think that he's been totally, totally anti-collective. I think he's just always wanted to have control over where the money's coming in. And some collectives, the collectives have control of where that money is going to be going, what player is going to be getting X amount of money. I think Calipari just wants totally hands-on control of his program, and collectives can, at times, move that money around without the coach's knowledge, without the coach's control. Um, In football, it's a little easier to do because who cares? You know, as long as people are happy and people are getting paid, it's easier to do it. In basketball, I also think who cares? Have a collective if you want it. But that's, I think, where Calipari is coming from. The... The, there was a clip yesterday of Cal talking to what, what it looked like a luncheon sort of crowd. Um, and it was from October of 22. So mm-hmm. re, probably like a rotary club preseason type deal um, that was going around yesterday of him saying how he was anti-nil or not anti-nil, but anti-collective because he, he wanted to control, right? Like, but I, I, <laughs> First and foremost, I, I appreciated the people who were quick to point out you're anti other people controlling what you're going to do, but clutch can dictate what position a player is going to play and how he's going to start. Um, That's fair. And, and and secondly, I don't. I, I'm not buying uh, that. Like all of a sudden, Antonio Reeves is just going to be the guy that uh, makes him change overnight. But I, what what would make more sense to me is just tell him like. He's just very – there's something uh, – there's a principle of his that he just refuses to tell a kid that you're going to have this role. When sometimes they just need that affirmation that you have some confidence in their ability. And I think that Reeves saying, do you trust me enough to be a starting guard? Can you trust me enough to be your starting two guard? I think that's all he really wants to hear. I mean, of course he wants some money too, but like – Having that assurance, he's always been big on, we don't guarantee starters, but like you, you, you kind of need to, right? Like, uh, especially with the unknowns coming around the freshman, you have a reputation for paint, playing favorites over those guys. And as we mentioned early on in the process um, last year, Reeves wasn't always um, high on Cal Perry's, uh, you know, on his he, may been, he may have been in the doghouse there in November and December. Yeah, for particularly for his defensive play, but and so I think a lot of it, this is just a 
this is a 2023 way of Reeves trying to use the cards that he has to figure out if his coach has enough confidence in him to play him as much as he'd like, which I don't necessarily blame him for doing. It's just kind of unfolded into this messy thing that is very public, but also private. And it's just, it's just, it's just weird. And it's not un, un, unlike any, it's not like anything we've dealt with before as a fan base. Yeah. I mean, the whole situation has been weird. I think for weeks now we've detailed the weirdness of it all. I, I, I disagree. Not that it, I mean, it's obviously opinion based. I think it'd be pretty clear that Antonio Reeves would be the starter. And if anybody thought any differently regarding that, I, I just, I can't like maybe Cal, he won't promise this. He won't promise that. But when the 12th leading scorer in the conference wants to come back, he's going to be a starter for you. Like that, that is just common sense for any, any program in the sec, any power, any conference ever. If you have a player that the 12th leading scorer in the conference, he's coming back and he only had, Four games scoring. Hi, Lucy. What do you got there? Yeah, it's a duck. Uh, you've only got four games in November and December where he scored over 11 points. And he still was able to get hot enough in January, February, and March to become the 12th leading scorer in the conference. And I think, you know, six of the guys ahead of him took more shots than he did. I think the majority of the guys ahead of him are gone. I think they're not going to be in the conference. So he's going to be one of the at least the top five and maybe even top three leading scorers returning to the conference, he'd be a starter. And if Cal didn't start him, like people would riot, I think. So if the starting thing was a big issue for Reeves, I, I just I can't wrap my brain around that actually being a thing. So I do think it strictly comes down to money and then also maybe maybe role. Maybe Michigan and Memphis and Illinois were like, hey, we saw that Arkansas game you're going to have the ball in your hands. And that's how you're going to make it to the NBA is by being point guard. And at UK, you're not going to be point guard with those other point guards there. You're going to be an off-ball off guard. Maybe that mattered to him. Maybe it doesn't. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think it ultimately just comes down to money. And I think Reeves can't probably try to big play on UK saying, like, we're hearing this from this school, this from that school, and this from that school. And I think UK, under Cal's philosophy, whether right or wrong, and I think we all probably agree that it's probably wrong, I think UK probably said, hey, if you can get that, you got to go get that. We're rooting for you too, Antonio. And if that's what's on the table for you, then you got to go take it. And maybe Antonio Reeves started to sniff around whether it was he couldn't graduate his classes or maybe those offers weren't, weren't valid. Um, I think maybe he started to say, oh, you know, I could be talked into coming back. And I think maybe UK said, well, we can also up your up your nil from last year as well. And everybody plays nice and everybody comes together. I'm not sure. But if, if UK was really and I don't think I don't think they were. I'd be shocked if they were. But if they wouldn't promise Antonio Reeves a starting position, that's just nonsense because he was going to be a star like he's going to be a starter if he comes back to UK. He's going to be a starter wherever he goes. Yeah, yeah, I Okay, I like this conversation we're having, even though I do feel like we've had it before. <laughs> Not, and I, I'm hopeful that uh, what you said about Jack Pilgrim that okay that this that this is a fast moving process now because what the draft withdrawal deadline was that it'll be two weeks this tomorrow. Correct. So we we've been in purgatory for quite a while on Antonio Reeves, and yesterday it, it felt like this this all kind of came out of nowhere. 
It really did. Uh, again, we'd kind of moved on from them, and it was, okay, UK is going to go really heavy on these freshmen. I hope they can work. Maybe it could. Maybe it could work. Uh, you can make a case that bringing in Antonio Reeves still doesn't check every single box that you need, but it, it'll be huge. Uh, there's no other way to spend it. Spend it, and if he had left, it would have been it would have been significant. Uh, all things that we've talked about in great detail, but just to have a sure thing from score, if DJ Wagner, Dillingham take their time or if Edwards, you know, just goes through some of those freshman woes that we see all the time, having just somebody that you can trust to be able to go out there in January and road SEC games. And then February, just a constant, consistent score. And we know that he had that horrible tournament game. I really didn't want that to be his last game in a Kentucky Jersey. Hopefully these experts are right that it will not be. And yeah, he can have a bad game too, but he can also have really, really good games. So there is a collect some of the message boards yesterday, Roush, people kind of told on themselves with why are we getting so excited about Reeves coming back if that happens? He choked in the biggest moment. He had a bad game. Jimmy Butler had a bad game last night, too. Does that mean the Heat shouldn't want Jimmy Butler? Um, you're telling on yourself if you're being somewhat critical of Antonio Reeves coming back. At that point, nothing's gonna do anything to make you happy. You're just what we in the biz call a hater, uh, it, it would be significant. I love the idea of him coming back, and then you get DJ Wagner, Antonio Reeves, Justin Edwards, Bradshaw, and Ugo, and there's your starting five, and you get Dillingham as a little water bug coming off the bench. That would be awesome. Like That would be fun after the first TV timeout or at the under 14 or something like that. You bring Dillingham in, and you just let him have that spark where – other teams off the bench are going to have people that are as athletic, fast, and quick as him. Uh, it'd be fun. It'd be a, it'd be a pretty fun lineup. And it sounds like UK is still going to add Sumto Cyrell, which is cool. Joey Hart still seems like a likely addition. That's fine. Let them be depth and bench pieces. Um, if you get Antonio Reeves back, I think you can comfortably say that like this backcourt's good enough. That's not going to be the issue. You should have enough scoring. You should have enough defense. You'll have plenty of passing. Everything there looks good. And you can even extend that over to the wing with Justin Edwards. Then if that happens, I think all the questions come to the front court. Is Uganda Kingsley on Enzo ready to roll? Is Bradshaw the real deal? If one of those answers is no, UK basketball is going to have a problem because that will mean one of your starters just isn't up to snuff and that's not going to be okay. If the answer to those two questions are yes, we'll look back at this entire offseason as a total overreaction. Now, I think in the moment it was legitimate reactions and legitimate concerns, but if your front court is what I think UK thinks or hopes it should be, you'll be good to go. Shot blocking won't be an issue. I don't think scoring is going to be an issue. I don't know if you're going to be able to do the Oscar Shibway thing where you just throw it onto the block and trust you go to be able to score. I don't think you're going to have a, a, a guaranteed post option where the, where you can run down the shot clock and then just get bailed out by your big guy. So scoring in the post, I think, is up for debate. And I think rebounding is something that is going to be a huge question mark. That's one area I don't think you can totally check. Is rebounding going – because you remember, that was one oh, – that was so annoying. When Oscar Shibway was a transfer and he had to sit out on the bench during that horrible, horrible – COVID year 
and UK was just getting dominated inside. They just couldn't grab a rebound. It was so frustrating. And so Olivia Jackson was the only person who mm-hmm. could grab rebounds. Yeah. yeah. He, and like people Olivia Stark, Isaiah Jackson. <laughs> people do forget about him. And unfortunately, like Chris Livingston is going to fall into the Isaiah Jackson of forgetfulness. But, um, and that stinks because Isaiah Jackson was a nice player. I think Chris Livingston had a lot to offer. Olivia Starr was a fun offensive piece, but he couldn't rebound for beans. And it was just so frustrating seeing you get pushed around. And that's why Oscar was such like a breath of fresh air. Not only did he not get pushed around, he had such a great season. He became national player of the year. That's interior scoring and rebounding. If you get Reeves back, I think everything else you can kind of say, I feel good about, I feel good about. Those two areas would still be, not that they would be time, like you'd have to panic about it, but it'd be a wait and see sort of deal. Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. Um, and I, I we, we've talked about their rebounding next year. A lot of it's going to have to be, some of it's going to have to be from the guards. Like you're going to need Justin Edwards on the wing getting five and six a game. Uh, DJ Wagner, he, mm-hmm. he strikes me as the kind of guy who would get four to six on a pretty regular basis. Uh, I did want to mention one thing before we got to a break, though, uh, because you just talked about people wetting their diapers um, or telling themselves or whatever the phrase you use if they were saying, oh, well, Reeves getting back. I, if you're one of those people who just gets I, – I, I understand you. I see you. You don't like dealing with this crap. This will they say or will they go? It frustrates you. Um, it's okay. Just just let it. Just sit on it. Don't, don't fire your takes off about Reeves. Just sit on it. I know that you probably are disgruntled with the long, strung out process. But by the time the season rolls around, um, don't let that affect your his long process. Affect what you think of them because. I mean, if, if you did that for high school recruits that strung out their their recruiting processes, you would you would hate them all. So like, don't I I would just advise you to not get too worked up. Don't let that stand in the way of you uh, believing that this player is a good player or not. Also, another PSA, and I've held off on saying this, but don't hold your breath on Joey Hart. That kid's a Hoosier. Oh, Scoots, he's a Hoosier. Scoot scoop. I I, I almost guarantee videos. that he will go to Indiana. Wow, almost guarantee. That's as strong a take as Scoots has ever had on That's this show. Pretty strong. Uh, do you, are you saying that? And if if Reeves had transferred or gone elsewhere, Joey Hart would one hundred percent be a Wildcat. I don't doubt that. No, I don't doubt that at all. But I just, I've seen, I've just seen too many quotes about between him and Indiana. That's yeah, he's going to Indiana. There's crystal balls. Sending him to UK, Scoots. Crystal balls are wrong all the time. Well, I would know. <laughs> More like blur- blurry balls. Whoa! All right. Oh, just some good old fashioned ball talk to end hour number one. Hey, happy birthday to Kentucky roll call listener BZ. Have a great birthday, pal! And yeah. also it's Justin Rowland's birthday, according to BZ. So happy birthday to Justin Rowland as well. Hope those guys have great days. June 13th. Seems like a nice day to be born. All right, everybody, don't go anywhere. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call comes up next. We got the Thornton sex line to get to. KRC with TJ Walker, Nick Ross, Justin Kalen returns after.
Over? You say over? I heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Rosh. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Tuesday. Absolutely gorgeous day. Hopefully you get to enjoy it. Uh, Scooch, do you want to do last call on the big exports radio golf cards? Last call on the big exports radio golf cards. We are down to, uh, we're going to say two at this point. We're down to two. So if you want one, be one of two lucky people to get them. You get all the great courses. You get Elk Run. You get Christmas Lake, Valley View, Wooded View, Old Capitol, and, of course, Park Mammoth, where we will be in eight days from now. So make sure to come down Park Mammoth. Join us for some golf. Join us for our show. It's going to be a good time. I'm really hyped about that trip next week, boys. Well done. You nailed all the courses. Yeah, you, 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 oh, I've got the courses good, down. You did a good segue to the Park Mammoth. You're a pro. I <laughs> We don't give this guy enough airtime, Roush. Well, we got some time, Scoots. Have at it. The Scoots monologue. <laughs> Go to BigExportsRadio.com to get your golf card today. He's spot on. We'll be at Park <laughs> Mammoth on, not tomorrow, but the following Wednesday, which would make it the 21st. We'd love for you to come play with us. Grab a team. Uh, if you're a single, the, it'll work itself out. Just come on. I mean, I don't. That, that sounded bad, but it really will. Like you're going to get paired yeah. up with somebody. I think we only have three in our group for what it's worth. So, and I wouldn't even mind us spreading out. You know, if there was enough like doubles or singles, I doubt we have to work. Good idea. Good idea. Let's let. We should give away our fourth spot. No. We should bid it away. Yeah. See if we can get a free lunch. Ooh. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> because it wouldn't be much more than that if we were lucky but uh we would love to see out there the course the pictures from the core i cannot wait to play it uh it looks absolutely immaculate and we're gonna be staying the night that's the plan at least in bowling green on tuesday i just looked up that uh the hot rods are are gonna be in town that tuesday night and it's turbo's tail wagon tuesday what in the world (laughs) that's a mouthful I've got a buddy who's one of the higher ups at the Hot Rods. I can probably get us tickets. Although, dude, what if what if we threw out the first pitch at the Hot Rods? What who, throw- who could be throwing out the first pitch at the Hot Rods game <laughs> that Tuesday? And I, I just want it to be. It would be so great because they would be like, "Who are these guys? <laughs> no way they would know who we are." If they get if they if they signed on today, I bet we could get a dozen people in the crowd. That's a yeah. dozen more people than that wouldn't have been there if you didn't have the KRC. But you're right. I mean, 98% of the crowd would be like, did they, did they get the letters wrong? I thought no, there was they, an S somewhere in there. Oh, man. <laughs> to announce Kentucky Roll Call, the number one Kentucky show in southern Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, that has potential right there. That'd be so For new oh, Kentucky God. Roll Call listeners, we say that because our, our station is literally in, in southern Indiana. So it, it's true. It's factually true. But that's that's it's not like we're most listened to. I mean, we are most listened to in southern Indiana. Fingers crossed. Maybe. What, are you, what are you all going to uh, say when we move studios? Got to come up with something different. We're just going to have I mean, to become the number one in Louisville, I guess. There you go. 
or just keep some sort of stationary equipment in southern Indiana so we can keep <laughs> the bit going. Either one. Whichever one comes first. Oh, man, that would... <laughs> I'll reach out to some sources about us at least getting tickets for that game. Would you all be down to go to the game? Yeah, but I yeah, want I want yeah, a box sure. seat. If you got a higher up buddy there, we we should be sitting in the box. Uh, well, I don't I don't care. I just want take, tickets. Take it easy, Scoots. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah, uh, and- yeah I, I'm. But I'm game. What did did you see? What turbo? What the? What what is the turbo thing? Tailspin turbo tailspin Tuesday. I, I don't know. I already clicked out of it. Scoots, why don't you look okay. up what turbo tailspin Tuesday is for the hot rods? I think I can do that. Oh. Oh, I did with, with his search history, that's probably going to filter elsewhere. <laughs> I did click on uh, uh, Courier Journal. 18 places to take your dad on Father's Day. Uh, one of them is Carabas, and one of them is Outback Steakhouse. So, No way. Uh, what what article? <laughs> the Courier Journal. 18 places to eat. The Courier, Courier Journal dad. put, I mean, Carabas is bad, too. <laughs> Like, not bad. I've got nothing against Carabas. But, but like, that's what they're coming up with? I mean, and how, how many? Mo- it was 19? How many? 18. How ma- 18? So it was- Why don't, just make the list 16. Make the list 16. Yeah, they could have easily done that because they have, you know, the Seafood Lady, River House, Mike Lennings. Like, they have a lot of local places. I get maybe putting a Capital Grill as a, a chain, but it's new in town. But... Outback Steakhouse, Texas Roadhouse, and Carabas. Like I think, I think you can eat there any day, not just on Father's Day. That is, I, I guess they they did eighteen because Father's Day is on the eighteenth. I would guess that's how they ended on that <laughs> so arbitrary they, they number. Really, they really had to stretch it out to get to eighteen. At that point, just put Seneca Golf Course Hot Dog on there. Like <laughs> over, it'd be more of an experience <laughs> than going to Outback. I mean, the Bell of Louisville is one of them too. Or Joe's, we have Joe's Crab Shack here as well. Oh like, my gosh. Joe's older than dirt would be a more fun experience. You'd run into people watching would be better. By the way, yeah. By the way, tail wagon or tail spin, whatever. Turbo tail spin. Yeah. All, all dogs can bring their humans to the ballpark on Tuesdays. Oh no. So Tuesdays, every we, Tuesday, from what I read, is is dog night at at Bowling Green Park. Well, that means we might just see a bunch of cute doggos and we can pet them. Come on. Yeah, but that's going to keep the crowd away. I mean, people don't go. That, that's not you. Actually, you know, sometimes it's more attended. I guess it's hmm, a good point. Okay, all right. But maybe they've Would got be- a dog. Maybe they've got a dog thrown out the first pitch. <laughs> oh, if Air I throw out the first pitch, then you Air Bud, yeah, out the first pitch. Did you ever? Did what? What? Do we have an Air Bud based on the dog? Is yeah, there, like not based on the based on base- yeah baseball. Yeah, there's one. What's what's that one? Diamond Dogs? Is that what it's called? Mm, I couldn't tell you the name of it, but I know there was a baseball one. I thought the the person I know that's a big wig, I just found out I wasn't following them back on Instagram. That's a tough look. Because oh. now I've got to make the request, and I'm going to make the request, and then make the, the request. Another you know? request. That's yeah. embarrassing. Uh, Air Bud, ah. seventh inning fetch. Uh, Richard Carnes in it. Al Borland. Ah, I'm sure this is a great, great flick. Scoots, if you could train a dog to play any sport, what sport are you doing? And it's got to be realistic. Uh, golf, for sure. Yeah, a dog can't swing a golf club, Scoots. That's why I said realistic. I mean, dogs can't play any sports, can they? They could play soccer. I think. Yeah, a dog you know could what? Use its nose and 
I yeah. did see, uh, I saw a video of three bulldogs yesterday. They discovered a balloon, and they were just sitting there jumping up and down, keeping it up in the air. That'd be fun. But no, I mean, I, I, I unrealistically, I would want a dog to play golf just because how awesome would it be going to the golf course with your dog? Be great. It, I think so you want your dog be... to play the sport of touching a balloon. Eh, keep it up in the air. Entertaining. I want to see how high they can jump. Sorry, Rosh. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I think there would be something to training your dog to follow a golf ball. So, like, oh yeah, if you could if you could just have your go- ball or your dog on the tee box. You swing away, and then go get it, buddy. Go get it, and he just takes off after it as it's leaving the tee. There's there's some value there. No, not not go get it. Go find it. Because if they get it and they yes, move it, then yes. you then you get stroke penalties, and that's no good. That's that. That's that is a good point. I just needed to look up all the Airbud the names of the Airbud movies, and I wish I could have been in the meeting rooms when they were coming up with some of these these names because it feels like the title definitely came first, and then the script followed. Um, because we have Airbud Golden Receiver, Airbud Spikes Back playing volleyball, and Airbud World Pup. <laughs> I would add that I think, first off, I've seen some videos of like people that do take their dogs on the golf course, but it's like they've not just anybody can do it. They're like regulars or something like that. And the dogs do sometimes do that, which is kind of cool. Uh, it'd be sweet to have a dog do that. Secondly, I there, there's a ton of, of Air Bud movies. I'm glad that we're going through this. This is important radio. But along with you that a dog could actually play soccer, a dog could actually play beach volleyball and probably be decent if trained properly it wouldn't be spiking that's why i've got an issue with that name but it it could like dig balls pretty well i'm sure or go chase down balls and just bump it and keep it alive in the air i think a dog could be decent at at beach volleyball i've um there's videos out there of them doing that too because uh beach volleyball is much more about keeping the ball up in placement rather than smacking the hell out of it basketball is just nonsensical like it, it couldn't do anything in basketball. It could maybe like be able to boop a shot, but in any serious league, that should be swatted to Bolivia. And you could make a case that maybe they could be a good defender if you trained it to be a good defender without fouling. That maybe there's something there, but what's it? You know, you're playing four on five on offense. Yeah, that's true. Have you all and ever you just try to isolate and post up the dog? Have you all ever had to try to dribble against a dog, like an aggressive dog that just wants the ball? Yeah, but I usually have my handles on a string, so it's no issue. See, I we grew up, <laughs> when I was gr- when I was growing up, we had border collies. We would breed them, but the dad was incredible defender on the basketball court. I mean, he would constantly knock the ball away from my hands. Granted, I'd never had I don't have TJ handles, but yeah, it was it was pretty embarrassing. Is that why you hung up the sport? That's, that's why you never. Hey, that's, that's why I hung it up. Yep. <laughs> Couldn't face it anymore after that. Uh, border collies are like supposedly just geniuses. Oh, they're they were oh. stupid smart. Yeah. Yeah. And also so much energy. I mean, uh, I there was a neighbor who had one. Is my grandparents or my grandma's neighbor, and we would go over there, and we had so much fun because you could just throw the ball, throw the dog a ball for as long as you wanted, and it would just keep getting it and bringing it back. Just n- consistent entertainment for as long as you wanted. Shout out to Oreo. Missed that guy. What do we What do we want to talk Roush, you've been all 
excited about football recruiting on the old tweeter. Do you want to detail that? You kind of touched on it there briefly when you were making fun of U of L. Yeah. Uh, so, um, the first things first, um, I did miss one thing yesterday. We thought there might be a Sam Williams Dixon potential flip after he officially visited Kentucky, but his, um, his Mia culpa seems to have worked there. They had him for an official visit. He reaffirmed his commitment. Um, meanwhile, Kentucky only got one. So they got Antoine Smith, uh, who we mentioned yesterday, track star, can play linebacker at UK. Uh, there seems to be some other irons in the fire. Uh, Cutter Bowley talked with Zach Gagan yesterday. And the the impression I've gotten is that a lot of guys from last weekend are just kind of they just want to do their announcement on their own terms. Some of them want to, and some of them they want to go to UK, like they're ready to commit, but they want to do their official their other official visits first. the The most intriguing um, development from the weekend is, I think, from Demarion Witten. Um, I know that Brian, uh, the, the edge, Brian Robinson, B-Rob, is, he's, he's, UK is now the leader for the four-star edge from Youngstown, and that's significant. Uh, Michigan insiders are starting to flip uh, on him. Uh, but Demarion Witten is fascinating because he goes to Glenville High School. Glenville is, um, is basically what Mail was to Louisville in the 2000s, right? Like, if you're a good player from this really good high school, you just go to Ohio State. That's that's kind of the norm. They're coached by Ted Ginn Sr., kind of like how Bob Redmond coached at UofL. Like, that's just – that's that's how it goes. Um, and I believe that Ohio State already has one guy, their offensive tackle maybe, um, committed. But they seem to want this guy. I don't know if it's um, – if he's necessarily a take, but it's really just – Kentucky or Ohio State in his recruitment. And he has an official visit scheduled there for the 23rd of June. And I've always just been under the impression that if he was going to be a take at Ohio State, it was going to be very hard. Like, Kentucky was going to be second, but it was just it was going to be hard to do. Uh, that happened with Arvell Reese last year, where Kentucky was always the top school unless Ohio State said, all right, you're our guy. But this weekend, I yeah, – I, I really do get the sense that actually Kentucky is the leader and Ohio State might – if, if they're going to have to do a little bit of work if they want him. I don't know what changed in his mind, but it seems like that has actually happened. And to, to, to kind of help Kentucky out even more, uh, Tavion Galloway. I, I'm not sure where he's at from in Ohio, but yeah, he's uh, the top-ranked tight end in Ohio. Uh, top – 200, 250 prospect, whatever it might be. But he was committed to LSU. He decommitted this weekend. So I think part of it, too, you're maybe hoping, well, maybe Ohio State, they get they get eyes for, you know, the, the other hot girl that they thought they couldn't get. Now they think they can get. Maybe they go for Galloway. They don't try to get Witten on board. And uh, Kentucky can come there. And I think what's even more surprising, too, TJ, is that uh, – Witten's had this chain of, of hearts seemingly while Kentucky also had Willie Rodriguez on campus and feels like they're going to get him as well. So um, that, that's a very significant development. 
um, and, and could be huge for the program. And additionally, one of those guys who they could wrap up but wants to make some other official visits, uh, Fred Johnson is the, like the, this could be a legit UK UFL recruiting battle because he's he's an offensive tackle who's a teammate of uh, Witten's at Glenville. So um, another name to keep an eye on uh, moving forward. Th- this weekend, I, I, I admittedly, Shaq McCroy, Jaquan McCroy, he's visiting for the weekend. That's the big visitor. But there was a couple other guys who were supposed to uh, visit that have committed elsewhere. Uh, Cruz Law committed to North Carolina. There was some tackle that committed to uh, Wake Forest, I want to say. So Kentucky was second or third choice. They visited elsewhere and decided to to bite immediately. Um, and that just means, for UK's sake, that they really needed to capitalize and and make sure they get some some quality commitments uh, from this first weekend. It feels like they have. Um, it's just a matter of time uh, that it becomes public. Will you panic if it doesn't happen? Uh, to a degree. It, it just depends. So, like, if they get – I mentioned four names. If they get three of the four, that's good. But, like, if one or two doesn't, I won't panic. And when I say get three of the four, like, you need to get Brian Robinson and one of the tight ends, bare minimum. Um, and then if you split the Glenville kids, that's fine. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I would say they would still be in solid footing. Uh, you're going to see some names too, TJ, that have Kentucky among their finalists, especially in the receiver room. Um, you know, uh, the Wildcats probably moved on. They're, they're, my impression is that Liam Cohen is going to be very, very selective when it comes to receivers this go-around. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And he, he kind of likes what he's got be. now. And yeah. and also, you got to remember, too, when – I mean, Kentucky got mentioned it for Jordan Addison in the portal after Cohen's year. You know, like, they, if, if if all goes well, like, they're going to be able to have their pick in the portal. So, um, I, I don't see them reaching for any wide receivers in this upcoming class. It's a great point. And, and more and more programs are starting to have to build in – the portal as a roster building technique along with recruiting. It's not just, Hey, we have this amount of scholarships. Let's go get this amount of freshmen and we'll be ready to rock and roll. You still want to have a a healthy amount of freshmen, but you'd be silly to not have any scholarships available for the portal. You may have needs that you don't want filled by freshmen or you don't feel as great about the depth chart of the guys coming up where you want to go pluck and play as they say. Yeah. And, and, you also do have a healthy amount of young people there, like ready, available um, to rock and roll. So, like, there's no, uh, you know, not to do the cow thing, but you, you you don't want to be quick to run them off either. Um, which did we ever mention that Jordan Anthony didn't end up landing at uh, Texas A and M? I don't think we did, but I found that to be interesting. That's a that's a competitor of Kentucky's. Yeah, I'm 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 just curious if that if he's if he's ever going to play football or not. Like, or, and when I say that, I don't mean like play as in be on the team. I mean like actually play. I'm, he's, he's certainly got the speed, but everything else, I, don't, I just – we'll see. <laughs> you know, we'll see. Yeah, I, I guess worry about if he ends up being a star down there, then we can ask questions about how, how UK lost him. But you're, you're right, nothing probably to worry about there. 
Uh, is UK going to get on the Marlon Harbin train? Marlon Harbin? Yes, he's the same X player. Marlon, maybe Harbin, but he's say, a, I, that's started as a freshman last year. Uval just offered. Oh, interesting. They might. I mean, most you likely. A, you, you I'm, I'm sure a lot of it is. Have, have has he camped yet? Kind of deal. He camped Maybe. at U of L. Okay. Well, we got to get him to UK. He and it might be a thing where he camped at U of L yesterday. Going to UK today. I know. Um, the, there was there was some kid from Ohio, like a a school in Ohio. I think it was actually Pick North, where they camped at Louisville on Monday or Sunday. Got an offer. Came to Kentucky on Monday. Got an offer. <laughs> Yeah, that is how it seems to work in the summer. He's a 2026 kid, so he's he's got plenty of time to uh, to get offers, but he's probably going to load up on them. From what I've been told from people around Saint X, that he is a that he's a freak. So, be nice okay. if Kentucky could get in on him. Do we know what position Marvin Harpin plays? I don't know what he played last year when he was a starter for Saint X, but um, he lists himself as an athlete. Oh, those are fun. Which it's very funny. He uh, is a receiver. Of, there's a lot of a lot of kids that Kentucky is recruiting that are considered athletes. There's some guy that Florida State's probably the favorite, where it's like DB slash receiver. It's like, well, this is making my job more difficult because now I got to find out what UK thinks he's going to play that sort of deal. But uh, there is um, there's a kid too, TJ that. Um, he started for Cal as a freshman that UK offered as an eighth grader, uh, as a receiver. And like, he's, I think he would be a 26 er as well. A lot of, uh, a lot of talented, uh, athletes in the, the city of Louisville right now playing high school football. Well, that's good to hear. And that could be good for UK. I, I wish that U of L currently had one of their staffs that refused to recruit the city of Louisville, but we knew that we were living on Gravy Street when that was a reality and it wasn't going to last forever. And your uncle seems to have more than half a brain. Um, so different times. UK just needs to take care of their own business and make sure they get the guys that they really want out of Louisville and know that maybe you're not going to get every single one of them, but you need to recruit them like you're going to get them. Um, and you still have plenty more to sell than U of L does. Okay. Let's take our last break, come back, and get into the Thornton's text line. Does that sound good for everybody? Let's do it. Sounds we will. 502-414-1450 is the number. 502-414-1450. Kentucky Roll Call, right back after this. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Exports Radio. When you buy with Shady Rays, if something happens to your sunglasses, you break them, you sit on them, your 20-month-old daughter tears off one of the little things on it, you can get a replacement promise from Shady Rays where a small processing fee just for the 
the system to be able to operate. You get your order resent to you. It's like you're getting your sunglasses brand new because you are. You're so basically a buy one get one situation for nearly every pair of sunglasses at Shady Rays. I, I don't know if they do it on the snow goggles, but it's not really snow season right now, so you don't need to worry about that. But they do have sunglasses for each and every occasion. They look great. They've got different styles, different colors, and you can hurry up and be set for Father's Day if you go to ShadyRays.com today. And do not forget the promo code BIGX at checkout. 25% taken off your order just like that. They do a lot of really cool stuff at Shady Rays. They have mystery pairs that you can get discounted and a lot of fun stuff. So check them out, ShadyRays.com. Big X for 25% off at checkout. Getting some good answers regarding what what sport an animal could play. Yep, seen some on the Twitter. Yeah, on the Twitter, my buddy said cross country is the obvious answer. <laughs> uh, Brian said pickleball, which is a great answer. Uh, definitely a sport where like the animal could just it wouldn't have to worry about it could just do whatever it needs to do. Like in pickleball, you don't have somebody over there that's like guarding you. You just need to hit the ball over. Now somebody could stand outside the kitchen and, and smack it down, but ideally the dog could probably always be able to hit the ball. Now, to be able to hit it over the net every time with some velocity, now that I'm thinking about it out loud, probably would be a little bit tougher. But that's why I defaulted to volleyball is because it wouldn't need to hit the ball over the net. It would just need to hit the ball up in the air, and then a teammate could help it out. So that's why I still think volleyball would be the best answer. But if you wanted to cheat and say something like cross-country, that works too, I guess. How about bowling? You could just set the ball at the end of the lane and then have the dog get a running start and like slide right into the ball. That'd be fun. But could it stop itself from sliding into the lane? Oh, that Ooh, would that, that would hardwood. dogs do not do well in hardwood. That, that would make it even funnier. I've seen humans fall in those things. Imagine a dog on one of those lanes. Oh, hey, great! Getting a dog in bowling shoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, BZ tweeted in and said, "Air Buddy showed us it's definitely not football. Those balls were deflated so we could bite down, and I'll down that hill defending that opposition. It was the real deflate gate." That's a great point, Beezy. That's a great point. A big blue bud said bobsledding for your consideration. Oh, that that would <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Oh, I just imagine him with those little goggles on. Or, and it helped keep your team warm too. Ooh, or imagining a dog on skis. <laughs> that happens. Dogs on skis, uh, skateboards, surfboards. You see that relatively frequently. Ooh, yeah, the surfboards is very cool. Just imagine one of those like 120 foot waves, and you just have a dog out there. <laughs> it probably wouldn't care, unless it was my dog who's scared of everything. Well, more Airbud conversation that thought we were going to have on this Tuesday. But fun hey, all the same. Should we get to the yeah. Thornton Stexlon? Let's get to the Thornton Stexlon. Five zero two four one four. 1450 is the number. I did see someone refer to Kaluma as the one guy who can't be efficient in Creighton's offense, which I found funny. Yeah, I, I think it's – if anybody had the idea that some of these guys that UK has been mentioned with in the transfer portal are like all-stars, complete and total game changers, I don't really know if there had been any – you could make it – I mean, probably Hunter Dickinson just because when you're talking about – all conference players 
that's something and that that matters. But outside of him, a lot of these players are just they're they're more than just bodies, but they're not. I mean, they're nice they're nice fits, but they're role players. I mean, they're like side pieces, role players. So they Ooh, they shouldn't be they they shouldn't be total and com- thought of as total and complete stars. I'm not saying Texter that you're necessarily going down that road, but like I, I just can't help but think if you get Antonio Reeves back. I would have loved one of Oscar Sheboy and Hunter Dickinson. It would have been really cool. But, like, Akeisha Johnson just would have been – if you just landed him, I don't, I don't really – even, like, the biggest haters would be able to play the inexperienced card a little bit, I suppose. But they really wouldn't have too much to gripe about. So I still think if you get Antonio Reeves back, you're probably one transfer portal player or one returnee that went away, uh, that went elsewhere, whether transferring or NBA you're still probably one of those players away from like feeling super duper good, like top five, top 10 heading into the season. But I still think it's a team that people should get excited about and will have more NBA talent than any other team in the country. Now, will that translate and will that equal a ton of wins? Who's to say, but I I still just can't help. Hopefully you get Reeves back and that will be huge and I'll be pumped about that. But I still think you'd probably be one transfer away the portal are the portal. The the other freshman pieces that are being added seem solid. Like I like them, but I, I don't really know if that with the if it changes your overall season outlook. And Burks did commit yesterday. That that kind of was spoiled while we were on the air, but he actually shot a little better than I thought from outside. Forty one percent was the number that was being floated around. Just kind of watching the the highlights that that, I, that I was saw. his field goal percentage, not his three point. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. I, I thought it was a three point. Yeah, I thought it was three no, points. Three points like twenty seven or something like that. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, that's what I initially thought, but then I thought I had seen the the other yesterday. He, he shot could always be improved for even for any of these players, uh, Antonio Reeves mm-hmm. included. But he's going to be a fun. He's going to be a fun piece that I don't think you're going to see a ton of, but I still think you'll see some of. And I definitely think if like the offense is super stagnant, you can try to put him in and see if he can just go create something. Definitely, definitely. Um, we have some more transfer portal talk because, no, you're exactly right. I, for the most part, you're looking for role players in the portal. Uh, very rarely do they become Oscar Sheepways. Uh, I think the staff knew Coleman was about to commit to K-State, so they linked something to Greenberg. We we did read that yesterday um, from somebody else who had a similar opinion. They might be right. Uh, we could get our asses kicked in Canada, Canada and still be perfectly fine. Competition will be nowhere near what they saw in the Bahamas. Sure, our fan base will have no problem comprehending that. And here's the thing, too, TJ, is even if they whoop some ass, like it might not mean anything either. Because I just my my just impression of foreign trips, my brain was warped by it after this year. I know the competition wasn't great in their most recent stint in the Bahamas, but I mean that team looked great over the summer. So I it's it's going to be very difficult to extrapolate it. But one thing is certain is that. I mean, they just need to play as many games together as possible, and it can be nothing but a benefit uh, for them uh, because it's how you learn. You learn by playing together. You do, and and you're right that every Bahamas trip UK basketball's had, they've looked really, really good and haven't always played really great competition. It is totally true that this level of competition will be better than what or more competitive there's been some talented pieces in some of those Bahamas games, but there's only maybe been one or two like good teams. Um, and th- usually those would be the, the international, t- like the, the country teams. 
Um, and even then, not, not always. But even some of those international clubs, there may be a couple good players, or you may have had a couple guys who were good college players. These teams will be a lot more cohesive, connected, playing together. It's going to be tougher competition. I, I, I think if they get their if they get their booties kicked and it looks just sloppy and bad, it's probably what to be is to be expected, at least from the sloppy angle. But UK t- should be significantly more talented than the teams they're playing. Maybe not. Maybe significantly was doing a little too much work there in that sentence. But they are going to be more talented than the teams they're playing. Again, if these are supposed to be future NBA players, high draft picks, they we should see glimpses of that. It doesn't have to be. I'm not. I don't think anybody's expecting the most consistent play, but you should be able to see it. And it may only be for like two minute stretches or three or four minute stretches. But like there should be some nasty alley oops or some really cool blocks and. Like you should see some of these stars shine, even if it's just briefly. Uh, you can get more consistent as the season goes on. We can all understand that these players haven't played together at all. We don't even know exactly what the team's going to look like yet. But you should see flashes where it's like, all right, if these guys are what they what we think they are, and I think we will. Uh, the 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 thing that I hearken back to is. I just I expect there to be a sequence of four to five possessions that DJ Wagner just does everything. John Wall would have some of those where it'd be like steal, dunk, lob. So, you know, like it was just like this crazy sequence where he just completely took over the game for a quick flash before kind of coming back down to earth. And I that in general I think is kind of the expectation for superstar freshmen. It's just some flashes of awesome uh, in, in between you know some mistakes here and there. Yep, and that's understandable. I think the staff, uh, we read that one, nothing guarantees anything if we missed on Edwards and Dillingham and got some solid transfers. Instead, the fan base would not be nearly as harsh as they are right now. I keep hearing a good class doesn't guarantee anything. What does a good transfer class guarantee? We've had two of those, and they've resulted in one tournament win. Texter, and I sometimes fall guilty of this as well, it's just sometimes in transfers, when you've seen it proven at the college level, it's easier for our brains to be able to process how it's going to work once they put on a UK jersey. And for freshmen, it's just harder because you can get burnt more. And so you're doing something that's proven at that level versus something unproven. And people just so naturally default to the proven aspect when sometimes you got to risk it to get the biscuit, don't you, Scoots? That's right. The, uh, in to this texter's point, like it's clear that Cal, uh, we were saying it a year ago, um, Cal's at his best when he has elite freshman talent. But our whole point was just, hey, it can't be that alone. <laughs> There's got to be some a little bit more in there. And really, you should we should almost just eliminate the disqualif the the qualifier of freshman talent. Cal succeeds when he has just. NBA talent. talent. And the only reason that you don't see it after a freshman year is because they they're, they're out, they're going to go get paid. Um, And there's a re and that, and this kind of goes back in the transfer conversation that there's a reason these dudes are in year four or five of playing college basketball. And we all want Reeves back, but he would fall somewhat in that line of somebody that, you know, the NBA isn't overly interested in, but he's a good college player. But even Re again, you know, Reeves had a one of fifteen shooting night in, in an NCAA tournament game. Like he's not the perfect player. There's a reason he's still in college. I think there's a way to have a, a nice blend of both. 
But I feel like we're just recycling 2010, 2011, 2012 conversations where give me the talent over experience every day of the week and twice on Sunday, Scoots. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I don't, I, yeah. Give me talent. Twice on Sunday. I don't, maybe even three times. I don't know anything about talent. No, that's not true. (laughs) DJD. That's not true. You got Mbako. That's true. Really excited Uh, to watch him. He's awesome. He's going to be fun. And like, again, you know, I would rather have Mbako than a Keyshad Johnson. And I, I keep coming back to him. I think he'd be a nice piece for UK, but like there's, Talent over experience, I'm taking talent. Calipari's taking talent. Does it always work out? Heck no, it doesn't. But like the texter said, does it always work out with the transfers? Rash, we know you got to skadoodle out of here for your big Brad White interview. We're going to play that whole thing exclusively on KRC, I'm not mistaken? Sure. We can if you want to. First, (laughs) you'll ever hear it. We'll be on KRC. Uh, Yeah. Hey, everybody, enjoy your Tuesday. I'm not going to lie. woke up this morning and was... Like, wait, is it trivia? No, but hey, uh, trivia, it's in the back of my brain. It's been incepted at me. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm Thursday, ready. not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Well, we will hear Roush again tomorrow at 7 a.m., but he's out. Have a good day. See ya. Tell Brad White, thanks for the good defenses. <laughs> 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll take it from here. Just scoots and I. Hopefully, scoots, you'll be uh, – you're going to – Going to have some analysis and not just the yes and the no's? No, I'll try. I'll see what I can do here. See if you can dig down deep in your bag. I'll I'll dig deep. All righty. We won't guarantee starting roles to transfers because they're already spoken for. Other teams can. That's basically the long and the short of it. And and maybe there's something with nil. I refuse to believe, though. I get the promise of nil, and I get why that could be appealing to players where it's just – Okay, I get UK. You're saying I'm going to make a lot of money, but they're promising me this amount of money. I get why that can be appealing too. But Texter, I do think I do think that a lot of it is just I've got one year left. I'm not. I don't even want to have to worry about starting time or playing time or my starting role with these freshmen. That is a huge part of it. It's an absolutely huge part of it. I, I do. I don't think it's good optics or it's a good look when somebody that you're being associated with commits on an, on another visit and doesn't give you the time of day like Kaluma did with Kansas State. I don't think that's a good look because I think you should have an enticing enough nil package at UK where it's just like I have got to I've got to see what they're going to tell me. I've got to see their presentation. And for them to not for him to not do that it probably means UK's nil and this is not a surprise to anybody could be better. I still think it's, you know, again, to act like it's non-existent or to act like it's not good is just dumb. There's no other word for it. You don't get this freshman class unless you're guaranteeing X amount of dollars in nil. And again, I, I know Cal's not going to make the promises, but they're obviously showing them figures that are enticing enough for freshmen that could have gone literally anywhere in the country to sign up for, but a transfer won't even come see the presentation. So something's not totally adding up there. So I just default to the nil can be better. I think it's probably pretty good, but it probably could be better. And the stuff with the collective, I don't know. I, we'll see if it makes a difference or not. I, I think this, I don't know. I think the starting roles has more to do with it, at least in terms of this year. It's not maybe always the case, 
with Kentucky, but when you've got five freshmen that are expected to do big things coming in, I mean, you're, you're not going to get an Arthur Kaluma because he knows he's not going to come in and be the man. You know, I mean, I mentioned it last week. These transfer portal guys, they want to come in and be the man. They don't want to be play second fiddle. So it, while it may not always be the case with Kentucky, I do think the starting roles has a lot to do with it this season. And I agree with you, and I agree with the texture that that probably is it. I was just trying to make the case of how nil could maybe or maybe not be a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that, I think the texture said it said it correctly. That's probably the long and the short of it. Yeah. I know I mentioned this on Friday, but I love the mulky fit given where the the Rutgers player, given where the roster stands, an extra ball handler to play with DJ or Rob while the other is resting, elite defender with wing size, capable shooter. And he later texts and says, "All this Reeves buzz after I already shifted." To, to 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 a better agenda. Mulcahy. That's funny. What's that? Mulcahy. Mulcahy. That's how you say Mulcahy. it. I, I do not want to see him on Kentucky just because I can't stand that kid. He has ripped Indiana to shreds for a couple of years now. And he always he's always rocking the like longer hair with the headband. I, I don't like that kid. I think it would have been a nice fit. I just I, yeah. I think the more passers with this group would have been would have been great. But I think if you get Reeves back you're probably you're you're set in the backcourt, and rightfully so. But that you 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 acknowledge that already, Texter on the Thornton's text line. The whole thing on this guy will develop and be a good piece in years to come is irrelevant for people to even say anymore. The chances of holding on to players more than one year is now slim. I mean, it's always been different at UK in the Calipari era in terms of roster and player retention, and that's it's, it hasn't gotten better in the instant transfer era. So, yes, a lot of these players that maybe even a, a Burks, like where you could say, you know, down the road, this could be a really nice player. It, there is no guarantee that that means it'll be at UK. And it almost seems like odds are it probably won't be at UK. But you still, you're the ones that have them. They're still living in your city. They're still playing for your program. You'd like to think if you want to keep them, you'll have the inside track. And Reeves was going to be, at least as far as I can tell, the first player that UK would have really, really wanted to keep that would have transferred elsewhere. Bryce Hopkins, there was a numbers crunch in the front court. It was understandable. Johnny Jazang, he was going to play the next season. That wasn't the issue, but there was a pandemic and he moved closer to home. And I think a lot of people understood that move as well. I, I wouldn't, you know, Damian Collins, I was cool with keeping around, but UK had kind of made up its mind in terms of his starting position for this upcoming season, a.k.a. it was going to be non-existent. And he had an incredible personal tragedy, family tragedy, and wants to get closer to his family. Totally understandable. I don't, I'm sure I'm missing some other players, but well, for the most part, they're not missing people. They're not losing people that they desperately want to keep. You're, you're I mean, missing, you're missing two people on the team right now that fit this mold. And I, that's why I think this Texas kind of bogus. Aduthiero and then Ugunna, you've both said, or you could say that about both of those guys. They'll develop and be good pieces in years to come. And, and they're, they're two guys that I wouldn't anticipate leaving Kentucky, at least not immediately. Well, you gonna almost did leave. That's true. But like the, you, you want to have it's. It's just like getting a commit. I mean, it's it's even more than getting a commitment in football. Yes, they can leave, and there's a chance they very well may leave. Mm-hmm. They could decommit. They could end up going to another school. But you like having the inside track to it, and that's just that's just a fact. Uh, Texter says on the Thornton's text line. Not that I want Tennessee to win, but the thought of them winning and Wes Rucker just yelling into the abyss about it, not being there, fills me with a lot of joy. 
Yeah, we don't. I, I don't keep up with West Rutgers nonsense. But Tennessee did win. They're going to the they're going to the College World Series in Omaha. We didn't want it, but now we can just play the SEC angle, right? There you go. There you go. Uh, just no, means nobody. More. Nobody likes Tennessee. Did you see how Texas lost, Scoots? I didn't. No. Fill me Definitely up. worth the uh, a Twitter video search. Okay. They're tied. They're playing Stanford. It's the bottom of the ninth. Two outs. Stanford has runners on first and second. Stanford batter hits a routine fly ball to right field. Kind of like, you know, it's an encroaching maybe on center field, but it's still the right fielder's ball. And he just loses it in the light. Oh. So, ball drops to the ground. The guy on second and first. I mean, they only needed the guy on second to score, but the guy on first would have scored easily because they took off as soon as the ball hit the bat since there was two outs. And they lost, and that's how Texas' season came to an end. And that's and why, and that's why, if a ball drifts to center field, the center fielder should grab it. Yeah, this I think was the right fielder, but it's definitely worth to check. You all should check it out. Kirby, FYI, after the nerd went on the crushing tour of Cal last week and how he doesn't have a plan and has lost the program, he's now saying that all of a sudden he changed his stance and has a plan. Crazy that that what he can alone can accomplish. No shot that he has lost his inside info of him when I can't come on, Kirby. I can't read all this. <laughs> Went crazy on him during COVID and made it personal. Also, no way that Cal promoting OTE and its positive effect on recruits in December videos or building that relationship was intentional. No way that could have led to Cal having intel on potential other recruits available through OTE. No way Cal has a huge network. Get Reeves back and us versus the world. Let's ride. Lots of digest there, Kirby. I appreciate you texting in the Thornton's text line. What was Oscar referring to on his Twitter yesterday? I didn't see it. Maybe I can have a quick look. You want to read the next text there, Scoots? Sure. Yeah, the next texter says, can I get a shout-out to three of the best little ball players from Louisville, Beckham, Bo, and Titus, a.k.a. Little Sheboy, heading down to Lexington for day two of baseball camp and are excited to meet Coach Mingione. Have fun. Shout out to Beckham, Bo, and Titus. Have at it. Are we, like, are we in the 70s or what? Beckham, Bo, and Titus? I don't know if those are <laughs> 70s names per se. Those are older Texas names. Texas is in a picture of good old-fashioned St. Raphael. Said it's the 15th, 16th, and 17th this year, so that probably does mean they have a ride night. Looks like they're getting the tents together. That's great. Really good time. Head out to your local church picnics, unless it's St. Paul's. <laughs> if you can see the splinter of wood, heat a sewing needle and pick it out. I believe the Nuggets would have won in seven, but the Heat with Hero and Oladipo healthy is a totally different team. We got robbed a bit. Yeah, that's I mean, true. that's unfortunate. It's a long NBA season, though it happens. Uh, what do we have next? You read the next one. Uh, it says, if Reeves wants to go to another school, he needs to do every grade again for a week, Billy Madison style. I love that. <laughs> I didn't see any Oscar Twitter tweets, by the way, for what hmm. it was worth. Uh, John here. Good morning. As always, yes, I agree, TJ. The NBA is the best at getting a true champion. So on Twitter, some individuals were saying that Coach Cal will have a solid roster of 10 by the end of the week. This makes me feel awesome. I feel so great about this team. I'm willing to put a banana stand cash down on this team. So I'm sitting on the over-under win total at 31 for the entire season, plus the tournament. I will put 20 big ones on the over-31. Is any KRC crew interested in some action? We'll got to go talk to you later. Ooh, yes, John, I am definitely interested. But being that it is June 13th, you're going to have to remind me. But, yeah, I'm in. No doubt. If IU beats out UK for Joey Hart, will they put that on a popcorn bucket, too? They'll probably, probably write a book about it. Sure, yeah. 
Did you just call these transfer side pieces actually a really good reference? <laughs> I think factually probably probably true. Okay, we're out of time. Everybody have a great Tuesday. Weather's beautiful. Have a good day. We appreciate you listening to Kentucky Roll Call. Could be a big UK day. Just seems like this summer, any day could be a big UK day. So whatever happens, we'll be back at 7 a.m. tomorrow to talk about it. This is KRC. I'm Big Exports Radio. Roll Call. East Coast.